Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 14 of the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. Happy hump day. We finally made it. We're halfway through the work week. We got the weekend just over the horizon. We got a little bit of fun in the sun. You know, I got a little bit of beach plans planned out. We got a graduation party that I'm super excited about. But until we get to that point, we have a lot of fantasy work to take care of. Thanks for taking this journey with me. As always, I am your host, JP Sticko. And on this show, episode 14, it's going to be a little bit different. I had uh, some followers on my Twitter, at JP Sticko, ask me if I can cover a few things. So on this episode, episode 14, I'm going to cover in detail what I think about Trey Lance. I'm going to cover in detail what I think about Zach Wilson for the New York Jets. And finally, in detail, one of my followers had asked me about standard score, system scoring in fantasy football compared to PPR scoring in fantasy football, and which do I prefer and why. So when I get to that point, okay, that is going to be the segment that I will have on episode 14 that I call Get a Grip. And you'll understand why once we get there. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's roll. So Trey Lance to me is kind of, he's a hard guy to get a read on in terms of for fantasy football purposes. Why do I say that? It's because I'm not sure I like his ADP. I'm not sure I like where people are drafting Trey Lance. And another reason for for my, you know, being unsure about Trey Lance is because on Twitter, we got guys that are super high on Trey Lance. We got experts that are super low on Trey Lance. We got experts like myself that are like, eh, for Trey Lance. But I have the research to back up why I believe, eh, for Trey Lance. All right? so. Obviously, Trey Lance, big name, okay, big draft pick for the San Francisco 49ers heading into year two. They have already said that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is not our guy. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get traded. However, Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster. I understand he's got the shoulder injury. They won't get as much value for him right now if they traded him right now. No team really wants him right now until they see how that shoulder works out. So do I think Trey Lance is going to be the starter in San Fran? I do. So again. Whatever I'm talking about here is I'm talking about with the expectation that Trey Lance is going to be this week one starter for the San Francisco 49ers. So currently, okay, Trey Lance is getting drafted within the top 12 for QBs in fantasy football. So do I think he finishes anywhere outside the top 12? I don't because of his running ability, but I kind of put him just about there, about 12. So let me break this down for you guys real quick. So for consensus rankings, okay, so what a consensus rank means is it compiles um, all ranking systems that they have on the internet and, and all the expert rankings, and it compiles it all onto one list. And for the consensus rankings, here is the top 10 quarterbacks. Number one is Josh Allen, two, Justin Herbert, three, Patrick Mahomes, four, Lamar Jackson, five, Joey Burrow, six, Jalen Hurts, seven, Kyler Murray, 
eight, Tom Brady, nine, Dak Prescott, and then finally, number 10 is Trey Lance. However, Trey Lance's consensus ranking is 10, but he's ranked as low as 15 and all the way up to about nine. Okay. Again, these are not my rankings. These are consensus rankings. When we are kind of looking at the range in which you're going to draft Trey Lance, he's currently, his ADP is currently the ninth round. Somewhere in the ninth round is where Trey Lance is going. So I decided to dig back, dig into more research. Who else could I grab around that range, right? So if you're looking for a quarterback around that range, you're looking at what, round seven, round eight, and round nine for your fantasy football leagues. You could grab Russell Wilson in the eighth round, which is one round ahead of where you would get Trey Lance. Or if you want to look a little bit further than that, in the seventh round, a guy like Dak Prescott is currently coming off the board. So it's not just enough to say, oh, uh, I'd rather have uh, Dak Prescott and Russell over Trey Lance because you need to look at players that are getting drafted in the rounds in which you would be giving up to draft your quarterback, okay? So if you go with Dak in the seventh round, which is his ADP, he's going in the seventh round, you could get somebody like Gabriel Davis in the eighth, and you can get a Bateman in the ninth. I don't think Bateman or Davis is going to last that long. You know, if you're following anything on fantasy football purposes, Gabriel Davis is hot right now. Bateman News is hot right now. But currently, ADP, Dak, you can get in the seventh, then Gabriel Davis in the eighth, and Bateman in the ninth. I like that. Okay, or if you decide that you want to get Russell Wilson in the eighth round, you can get either Hollywood Brown, a guy like Judy Pollard, Allen Robinson, who I really don't think will be there in the seventh round. And if he is, you're going to win your league. And then you would draft Russell Wilson in the eighth. And then, of course, you can get a guy like Bateman in the ninth. I really like that. I'm going to tell you which one I like the most coming up soon. Or if you really are set on drafting Trey Lance and you get him for his current ADP in the ninth round, you're going to be looking at an eighth round that includes either Hollywood Brown, Judy Pollard, or Robinson. And then in the seventh round, you can get a Gabriel Davis, who again is very hot right now. And then in the ninth round, you would grab your quarterback in Trey Lance. So when you're looking at what quarterbacks to draft, you know, where am I drafting them? What guys you need to start looking at is what guys can you get in that rounds around that quarterback, okay, that you wouldn't be giving up if you would draft a quarterback in a certain round that you want a guy. So, for example, if I wanted Gabriel Davis, I'm not going to get him if I'm targeting Russell Wilson in the eighth. Of course, you if you get him a little bit higher, a little bit earlier, but this is just according to ADPs. So when I break it down, you know, I personally really, really like either Russ or Dak. So Russ in the eighth or Dak in the seventh. Well, let's break that down. Why? Again, I'm going to tell you why. I'm not ever just going to say, oh, this is what I think. Well, Cowboys, okay, let's think about that Cowboys offense. Okay, they're going to want to air it out this year. We hear it every year. Cowboys going to air it out, and then Zeke becomes a, a thorn in somebody's behind. But it seems really important to Dallas to start airing it out because they paid Dak all this money. They let Cooper go, but they have a lot of stock in C.D. Lamb. And news out of OTAs is that Pollard is lining up in the slot, even when even in formation. So they're in 20 formations. Even when Ezekiel Elliott's in the backfield, Pollard is still getting into the game, and he's still in the huddle, and he's still 
He's playing a little bit of slot receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. They also have a breakout potential tight end in Schultz, who I'm very high on. My rankings come out in less than 30 days. Stay tuned. And I really think they need to, and they will put it together offensively in Dallas this year. And the only way that they put it together is if Dak figures it out. So I like the 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 return in investment if you're drafting Dak in the seventh round for sure. But the biggest and my favorite out of the list I just gave you out of those three quarterbacks is definitely Russell Wilson in the eighth round. I understand that Denver, okay, is that run first type of offense, right? Melvin Gordon was re-signed when Javante Williams, before he, before Melvin Gordon re-signed, guys, Javante Williams was in like every expert's top five, top ten running back. But as soon as Melvin Gordon signed, he dropped. But if you know anything about football, it's now a two-running back type of league. And the Denver Broncos are going to want to run the ball and play good defense. But with all that being said, Russell Wilson is still Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is a proven player in the NFL. Russell Wilson is a Pro Bowl. Russell Wilson is probably a future Hall of Famer. Give me him one round before Trey Lance, who's a rookie unproven with a very high ceiling. But personally, what I believe, he's got a pretty low floor. Because what does San Fran like to do on offense? They like to run the ball. But JP. He's going to run the ball. I understand that. But you're banking on him running and getting you the points when you're not really thinking about his passing ability. Do I think he's worth a draft pick? Absolutely. If you want Trey Lance, just wait. If somebody reaches for him, let him have it. Just I, I suggest if you're going to get Trey Lance, you wait. And if he falls, he's yours. But I like a few other late, quarterbacks more than I like Trey Lance. So the two guys I gave you and Russell and Dak are going ahead of Trey Lance in drafts. Again, Dak is going in the seventh. Russell Wilson is going in the eighth. And then Lance is going in the ninth. But I think there is even better value later in the draft. Let's break it down. The GOAT, Tom Brady, is going in the 11th round. Do you think Tom Brady is washed? Do you think he can't give you a return in investment of an 11th round pick? I understand Godwin is hurt, but they got Russell Gage. They got Rashad White to play the third down passing back for a reason. And guess what? Rumor has it Gronk is coming back. His good old buddy, partner in crime, Gronk and Brady, Brady and Gronk. The Brady Bunch is back. Give me Brady in the 11th over Trey Lance in the 9th. How about this one? Derek Carr is also going in the 11th round. Derek Carr, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. In real life, that is, I'm talking about. Now you give him a receiver that he's played with before? A receiver that is one of, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL? Give me all of that Raiders offense. Waller, Renfro, Devontae Adams. <laughs> That's a great offense. 
What happens if the Raiders sign, you know, like a Will Fuller, right? They lost Henry Ruggs for criminal offenses. They need that guy to take off the top of the of the offense. There he is. He's sitting right there for you. I know he's hurt 99.9% of the time, but he'll be cheap. Anyway, I digress. Carr in the 11th round, I would rather have over Trey Lance in the 9th. Next on the list, even further back, Matt Ryan in the 13th round. All the news out of OTAs is Matt Ryan is slinging it. Matt Ryan is not done. He is not washed. Matt Ryan also has a new breath of fresh air in Indianapolis. He finally has a team that he feels comfortable with that has good surrounding a good surrounding cast. I understand the Colts want to run the ball, but so does San Francisco. I understand Ryan doesn't run at all. He's a statue. Okay, but he is a much better passer than Trey Lance. Give me, and he's also going four rounds after Trey Lance. Give me Matt Ryan over Trey Lance in the 13th round. And last but not least, a player that I think as of right now, as of this moment, as of today, I am I am going to take very late in one of my drafts. I'm in a few leagues. In one of my drafts, I'm going to take this next player because he is just falling, and I, I it doesn't make any sense to me. Give me Jameis Winston in the 14th or later round. Just think about it. If you get Jameis Winston at his current ADP, and I personally think he's going to drop even further, especially in PPRs, because quarterbacks don't have, you know, uh, don't get, I'll get into all this later, but the quarterbacks don't give you as much points in PPRs. They do, but relevant to everybody else, they don't. But Jameis Winston in the 14th round, do you understand what kind of roster you could have before you put in Jameis Winston, who now has Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas is coming back. Hopefully Alvin, Go- uh, Alvin Kamara will be there. Tyson Hill, Swiss Army Knife Tyson Hill. That team's filthy offensively. Give me Jameis Winston. He's going to throw pick sixes, whatever. He'll give me four or five touchdowns one week for sure. But listen to the roster that you can have with Jameis Winston in the 14th round. In a standard full roster, that's one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one flex, one kicker, and one defense. You can have two running backs filled, three wide receivers filled, a flex filled, a kicker filled, a defense filled. Oh, and on top of that, you can also draft four bench spots before you take Jameis Winston as your quarterback. If you know anything about fantasy football and you've ever played fantasy football before, those middle rounds are the biggest rounds. I'll give you an example. Cooper Cup last year was drafted in those middle rounds, round six, round seven, round eight. So if you're waiting on a quarterback, the chances of you drafting, even if it's a bench spot, one of these breakout players in the middle rounds is a lot higher because you'll have more opportunity. You're not wasting one of those rounds on a quarterback on a quarterback that I think is being overvalued currently. Again, I don't mind Trey Lance. Now, I could be absolutely wrong on Trey Lance, but my issue with Trey Lance is we just don't know. And I'm not willing at this moment to use a middle round to early round draft pick on an unknown, especially at the quarterback position. His ceiling is very high. It's through the roof, especially if he's rushing for 50, 60, 70, 80 yards a game, throwing for 250, a couple of touchdowns, a couple of rushing touchdowns. 
his ceiling's through the roof. But the floor is what scares me. What happens if all he is is a runner? What happens if he turns into just a Hundley from Baltimore's backup last year who couldn't throw the ball but could just give you some rushing yards? He's a glorified running back, right, at that point. And we know San Francisco wants to run the ball. That's what also scares me. So Trey Lance better be good at the RPO because that's what they're going to be running. Debo's going to be getting screen passes, and Debo needs to be Debo in order for Trey Lance to be good, to be valued where he's valued. I take that back, be valued where he's valued. We will need to bank on his rushing ability in order for him to reach his current ADP and or higher. Again, I'm not saying he won't, and I'm saying he certainly can finish in the top 10. But I would just rather wait on guys like Brady, Carr, Matt Ryan, and even Jameis Winston super late, three or plus rounds after where I would have to draft Trey Lance. The next question comes from a buddy of mine, Shane O'Mac, big Jets fan, huge Jets fan back home in New Jersey. But his question was, do I believe Zach Wilson could have a breakout season? Where do I see Zach Wilson? What do I see him doing this year? Well, to understand that, we need to understand where he's valued. Okay, so Zach Wilson, Wilson right now is ra- valued at 14th round. So his highest draft average right now is 11th and his lowest being the 16th. So he's right around the 14th round. Do I think Zach Wilson has value if you're going to wait on a quarterback? I do. However, I would not suggest you banking on him being your quarterback one come week one. Let me explain. The New York Jets did obviously everything in their power to make sure Zach Wilson has the tools to be successful. Right? He's got everything he needs around him. He's got extreme talent on that offensive side of the ball. The Jets went out and they drafted the number one running back in Brees Hall. They paired him with many people believe is the number one wide receiver in the draft when they had, when they drafted Garrett Wilson. But he also has a steady cast returning. Brees Hall is going to team up with Michael Carter in the backfield. Garrett Wilson is going to play receiver alongside Elijah, uh, alongside Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios. And they signed a CJ Who's Your Mama from the Bengals as a free agent last year. So everyone that didn't know that, CJ Who's Your Mama is no longer on the Bengals. He is now a New York Jet. So they're loaded here. But that's not my issue with Zach Wilson. For the first time in a long time, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to admit the New York Jets issue is not players. New York Jets' issues are not their supporting cast. Zach Wilson's issue is not his supporting cast. They have explosive players. They have an exciting list of young talent. However, heading into his second year, it is hard for me to trust Zach Wilson. And as a rookie, he finished with a completion percentage of 55.6. That's not very good. That's not good at all. However, in 2021, there's even a worse stat that needs to be highlighted. Zach Wilson was second in the NFL with longest time to throw. So what that means is 
Zach Wilson took the second longest out of any other quarterback in the NFL to get rid of the ball. It took him on average as a rookie to get rid of the ball in 2.89 seconds. So rounded up close to three seconds to get rid of the ball on average. So when I look at that, being a football-minded person myself, playing football my entire life, I know exactly what that means. And what that means is he's having a hard time reading NFL defenses. The longer the QB holds on to that ball simply means it's taking him a while to get through his progressions. When a quarterback is in his drop back, he needs to look at target one. It's not open. Go to target two. That's not open. Go to target three. That's not open. You know, you have the clock in your head. Get rid of it. Get it to your running back. Get it to your outlet. Get to your safety valve. He is having trouble with reading defenses. Not just a little trouble, but it seems, considering he was second worst in the NFL last year, he had a whole lot of trouble. You know when the quarterback's like back in, back in, the, in the pocket and he's, he's like tapping the ball and he's hopping on his toes, tapping the ball? That's when, that means he's reading through his progression. However, a guy that comes to mind when you see something like that, right, is like Tom Brady. But what Tom Brady does better than a lot of quarterbacks is his ability to read the defense early, quickly, and get it out. While Tom Brady's in his backdrop, he's already knows who he's going to throw the ball to before his back foot plants. Three-step drops, back foot, bang. Five-step drop, back foot, bang. He goes through his progression before his back foot is planted. That is what's needed in the NFL. The NFL defenses are way too fast, and they get to the quarterbacks way too quick for you to, okay, one, two, three, let me read progression one, let me read progression progression two, let me read what? No. You need to be reading as you're dropping back. Now, of course, Zach Wilson knows this. He's a much better NFL, he's a much better football player than I'll ever be and ever was and ever could dream of. I understand that. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is this is what he needs to work on. He's just processing things really, really slow. Read one's not there. Nope. Read two's not there. Nope. Okay, they're sitting in cover two. Yep. Oh, well, I'm sacked. Okay. He needs to get the ball out quickly. Now, do I think they surrounded him with players that could help him do this? Absolutely. That's why they did this, my people. They drafted Zach Wilson like they drafted Zach Wilson because they want him to be the franchise quarterback. So in order for them to know that he's a franchise quarterback, you need to surround him with talent to make to allow for him to be successful. However, with all of that being said, I feel a whole lot comfortable, more comfortable, okay, drafting guys. If you're going to wait on a quarterback, drafting guys I mentioned in my last segment, Carr, Brady, Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston. And then Zach um, Wilson will probably be there with your last pick. Take him then if, you're, uh, if you really want him that badly or just pick him up off of the free agent list once that hits. I don't think, unless you're in a New York-style league with the New York Jets fans, that Zach Wilson is going to get drafted this year. 
Now he may get drafted and he may be, you know, up, you know, what's Creek without a paddle, but will that really bother you so much? If you have a guy like Carr, Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston as your starter? No, not really. Do I think Zach Wilson makes a step in the right direction this year as a quarterback in real life? Absolutely. But in fantasy, I'm not willing to commit to Zach Wilson just yet. Because not only does he have the, the problems with reading a defense, getting through his progressions, but the New York Jets obviously going to want to run the ball. They didn't draft Brees Hall to sit there and pick his nose and Michael Carter to sit there and tell Brees Hall how good-looking he is. They drafted, <laughs> they drafted Brees Hall to be a counter to Michael Carter or vice versa. Both these guys are going to get their lion's shares of carries. They're going to get carries. Okay? And in order to protect your young quarterback that's having trouble reading an off uh, defense is play action. Is making sure that he could read what the defense is lining up with in before the ball is snapped. That's less for him to go through in his mind. If the quarterback shows him that they're in cover two before the ball is snapped because they want to stop a certain play that the Jets have been running um, in the run game, or if they're stacking the box and they're in man coverage on the outside, that makes life so much easier for Zach Wilson. So the Jets are going to run the ball. Long, long story short, I like Zach Wilson to move in a positive direction in real life. I'm just not ready for him yet in fantasy football. <laughs> Folks, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysis are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep and will have incredible free agency and a summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, just cook yourself one extra lunch per month because this deal is only $5.99. I'll see you there. Next on the list is a segment that I created in last episode that I use also in my Twitter, and it's called Get a Grip. On Get a Grip is kind of my time to explain to you why I disagree with something so much. It's not a time for me to bash a bash a player. It's not a time for me to bash uh, a team, but it's a segment. Get a grip is a segment where I'm going to explain why I disagree. Okay. So on this episode of get a grip, I'm actually answering a question for one of my followers. And one of my followers asked me, as I mentioned earlier, if you listen to the beginning of this podcast, they asked me to explain, you know, the difference between PPR standard leagues and which one I prefer. Well, let's break it down. In standard league scoring, passing one point per 25 yards, four points per passing touchdown, and minus one per interceptions. Rushing one point per 10 rushing yards, six points per rushing touchdown, minus two points per fumble. And then receiving one point per 10 yards receiving, six points per touchdown caught, and negative two for a fumble. Zero. In standard leagues, there are zero points scored for catches. And what's different? between that and PPR 
It's the same exact scoring. However, in PPR, in a full point PPR, you're getting a point for every catch one of your player makes. Kavish, understand. So, for example, if I catch one pass for 10 yards, that's two points. I'm getting one for the catch and one for the 10 yards. So the argument, I'm going to start off with the argument against PPR. The argument against PPR is it diminishes quarterbacks even further, right? Because think about it. All the points that you could possibly get out of a position player that's catching the ball could exceed a quarterback um, that is just throwing the ball. It's not going to catch and not get any points per reception. Okay, that's that's pretty obvious. So in PPR drafts, quarterbacks usually tend to come off the board later because they have less of a large impact on fantasy on your fantasy team because you can have a receiver that will give you more potential points than your quarterback can. So in PPR leagues, you're seeing quarterbacks go around the third round. You'll see the first quarterback kind of go off in the third, fourth round, something like that. So in PPR leagues, right, it's it's basically it increases the value of your pass catchers, right? But it really increases the value of a pass catching running back. Okay. In standard leagues, pass catching running backs are not as highly sought after because I'm not scoring any points for the catches that I'm making, that my that my players are making. So for example, right, if I have a guy, um, I don't know, let's think about just a simple pass catcher, a Reggie Bush back in the day who just simply caught passes in the NFL. He would have zero fantasy value in a standard league, but he'd be pretty high, not pretty high, he'd be average in a PPR league because he's catching five or six balls a game, something like that, for example. PPR scoring just creates a more fast-paced, high-scoring type league, okay, that values more of the pass-catching running backs than a standard league would. Many times, running backs that have no business catching 50 balls sometimes do, right? And, and that's the... An anomaly. That's my argument against one of. I have one coming up that's even better than this one. This is my small argument. My argument against why people. My argument is to say that PPR is. is I'm going to say it right now. PPR is just better than standard score. Okay. And, I, and I've had enough. This is get a grip. And I'm going to let it all out there. So get a grip. All right. PPR is 100 times better because a running back that doesn't usually catch the ball could possibly have a game where he's catching five, six catches a game. Right, like uh, I, I don't know, um, a Chubb or somebody like that could have a game where he's catching some passes. Why? Because maybe his O line couldn't stop the defense and block for on the run game. But the Cleveland Browns really need Chubb to get the ball, so they find creative ways to get him the ball, such as dump passes, screen passes, things like that. What about QB checkdowns? If an offensive line cannot block a single soul, guess who's getting the ball? Probably your running back on checkdowns, unless you keep him in to block. Teams want to get their running backs in space, especially nowadays where everything's spread out. Oh, gosh. Another whole mindset of drafting in the PPR is, do I want to chase receptions or do I want to chase a running back that simply just runs the ball but gets a ton of touchdowns? For example, Derrick Henry's a great one. This guy only averages like 15 catches a game, but for somehow, some reason, he's still drafted top of the draft. Do you know why? Because he scores about 14 touchdowns a game. 
So don't tell me regular running backs stand no value in PPR because they certainly do. But I can argue with you that just receiving running backs stand zero value in standard scoring leagues, and they're wasted. The passing game is so important in today's NFL. It needs to be rewarded. It is not your grandmas and your even your fathers at this point, fantasy is uh, NFL. They're not going to line up in I formation and run ISO zones, powers, power pass. They're not doing that. They're spreading the ball out. So we need to understand we need to reward our pass catchers. Here's another great example. And it is, this is I'm going to give you numbers to back up my argument. Let's just say I'm in a in a, in a, a head-to-head league, okay? And my wide receiver, okay, that I have on my team, okay, catches eight balls for 100 yards and scores one touchdown. So I have my guy has eight catches, 100 yards, and scores a touchdown. In standard leagues, I'm getting 16 points for that. Okay, so eight catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown, 16 points for my guy. My opponent has a running back, okay, that rushes for 40 yards, catches three passes for 20 yards, and punches in two touchdowns because he's a vulture. Do you know how many points that running back gets in standard leagues? 18. The running back with 40 yards and two touchdowns and 20 yards receiving gets more fantasy points than my receiver who had caught eight balls, 100 yards receiving, and a touchdown. That's absurd. Are you kidding me? Who was the focal point of of that offense if they were both on the same team? The receiver with eight catches, 100 yards, and a score, or the running back with 40 yards rushing and punches in two vulture touchdowns? We need to honor and give points to the focal point of the offensive game plans. A receiver that catches eight eight balls for 100 yards and a score needs to be rewarded big time. He was the focal point of that offense, probably got player of the game for that offense. So he needs to be the man. So if I take the same stats and I put it into PPR, my wide receiver gets 24 and my running back still gets 21. Okay? Is that fair to standard league people? 24 to 21? The receiver deserves to outscore that running back that week. There is no way that the running back should outscore that receiver by two points. Zero. There's just way too much that goes into a football game plan, guys. Okay, if you were ever in a film session, you would understand that. It's not just about the guy who scores the touchdown. There's a ton of things that go into it. And what I mean by that is first downs, getting th- getting getting it on third and short, moving the ball, moving the chains. What player is doing all that to get the team closer to the end zone? That player needs to be rewarded. And that player is usually a PPR player, especially on the downs that I was talking about. Third downs, second and longs, things like that. Guys, it's a spread offense of NFL. It's a the running the ball. Majority of the time is dying in the NFL. Teams simply are going to want to air it out, and that's where it's heading. So why don't we take our old school mindset of the standard scoring? And if you want, I'm 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 a full point PPR guy. I think it's just because I'm biased to it and I'm like doing it forever and I just don't like fractions. 
I mean, sorry, decimals. You can go to a point five. Is that making make you guys any happier? You know, like a half a point per catch. Okay, congratulations. That, that uh, just give me the full point, please. All right, enough of this decimals point five stuff. Catches in the NFL today need to be rewarded. It's as simple as that. Get a grip. This has probably been by far my most uh, fun podcast to record because I was interacting with questions in which I received from Twitter. So if you haven't yet, please go and follow my Twitter at JP Sticko so I can get to your questions and I can help you figure out, you know, for example, the questions that I answered today is Trey Lance worth the draft pick? Do Zach Wilson worth the draft pick? What do I like better, PPR scoring or standard league scoring? If you're starting a league, that's important. Okay, so if you haven't already, make sure you're following me on Twitter at JP Sticko. Like this podcast, share this podcast, do whatever you can to promote this podcast. I'd really, really appreciate it. But without further ado, this is going to put a bow on episode 14. It's been an absolute blast. Like I just mentioned, I will be back again a little bit later this week, possibly early next week, because I'm working on those rankings. I'm telling you, those rankings will be out within the next 30 days. Along with those rankings come with come ADPs. Next to the ADPs, I also have little write-ups about every single player on that ranking list. You don't want to miss it. Sportsethos.com. It's been a pleasure. I love you all. Peace, love, and fantasy football. I'll see everybody soon.